The Full Exposure Podcast is made possible by Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn in appreciation for the contributions that artists and creative minds provide to our community. Arts and culture are essential to a rich and rewarding life, strengthening our overall well-being and our appreciation of all that we see, hear, and experience. Hey, 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 everybody. Hey, it's Brian Kelly, your host of Full Exposure. And uh, I want to get caught up with you guys. It's been quite a while since uh, I've done a podcast, and there's a whole rich backstory of what happened to my summer, which I want to share with you. And... um, and just get you caught up. And I also um, have worked all summer on, on an exciting book that I want to tell you about. And uh, we haven't released a podcast since uh, maybe mid-June with Jonathan Jelks, which is a really great podcast. So I hope you go back and listen to our last episode. But uh, I intended to get more um, podcasts out over the summer right after that. In fact, I have three or four episodes in the can that you're going to be seeing coming out in pretty quick succession, uh, you know, in early September. So it's going to be kind of jam-packed and and you'll know that the podcast is alive and well and up and running. But uh, just to get you guys caught up, uh, I... This summer was just kind of crazy. We had some family issues I talked about. Uh, not really issues. It's not like that. Uh, but just a, with COVID and all that stuff, uh, I did talk about a, a while back about how my, my youngest daughter, Faith, who I also interviewed for the podcast last year, uh, she had some major surgery on both her lower legs and um, complicated surgeries required her to be in physical therapy for six straight weeks in the hospital at Mary Freebed Rehabilitation Hospital. And then a very intense summer of outpatient rehab going um, two hours a day for three to four days a week. And, um, you know, it's just been a nutty summer. And quite frankly, uh, you know, uh, the economy kind of collapsed around the photography and video industries, at least for a while. It seems to be, you know, kind of completely shut off. Not entirely. I'm working on a few things, but it isn't like my normal workflow. And, um, you know, this summer, I really took an opportunity um, while my wife and Faith were in the hospital for six weeks. I was cut off from them due to COVID. There wasn't any way for me to visit them physically in the hospital because uh, they didn't allow visitors anymore. So my wife uh, and I decided that my wife would stay with my daughter, Faith, for six straight weeks. And, um, And we could FaceTime and do some other things and stay in touch, but it wasn't like I could see them. And I chose to stay home um, with my oldest daughter, Maddie, who's uh, almost 21, and my middle daughter, Maddie, who's uh, 19. And I enjoyed that a lot, but I was feeling very disconnected this summer. It was a, or late spring and early summer, just kind of out of sorts, and I was not couldn't see my wife or my, my uh, youngest daughter. They were going through this painful rehab and, you know, just really kind of... Um, Faith learning how to walk and gain her strength again. And I felt, frankly, just stressed out. Um, I'm not sure if I felt depressed, but I think maybe on the fringe of that. I don't usually get up, upset or too depressed. I'm a pretty even keel 
dude. And, and, and thankfully in my life, uh, you know, you can pour a, a pretty good amount of stress on me and, and the wheels aren't going to come off, uh, at least for a while. <laughs> but, uh, so I had found some solace in flying my drone, and that will get us to the book that um, I'm releasing uh, very soon. And that is, um, I started to get up early in the mornings while my wife was gone and my daughter was gone, and I started to just fly my drone for fun around Grand Rapids. And getting up at the crack of dawn, like before the sun rises, you know, and this was in May, June, July, and those are long days, so the sun comes up real early, like 5.30-ish, 5.40. Uh, and I would get up at 4.45, 5 o'clock in the morning, make a pot of coffee, and then head out and fly my drone. And I found such solace and sort of comfort in flying this drone. And I fly the drone a lot. It's a, it's a business tool, and I, use, I shoot video with it. And I had just completed a project back in April for uh, downtown Grand Rapids Inc., a really great video, or I think it's great, honestly. Um, it's one of my favorite projects of all time. It was called Be the Bridge, and you can find it if you just search the hashtag Be the Bridge. You'll see a video that I made that had a lot of drone shots in it, but it was all video. But these flights that I took up for myself in the morning uh, and in the evening, and sunsets too, I'd fly twice a day if the weather was nice. Uh, and I would only really fly on the fringes of the day. I liked the lights. I liked this kind of soft palette of color that, that was happening just you know around maybe the half hour before sunrise and then the half hour after that or an hour after that. And then same thing at night, you know, uh, flying an hour or so before official sunset, maybe a half hour or so after sunset. And I was just really loving just taking these, uh, flying different spots around the city and, and capturing these photographs. And, um, and really began to enjoy it. And it was just kind of feeding my soul. I felt Grand Rapids really sort of reviving me and sort of giving me some peace and uh, calm that I felt like I needed uh, in, in, in the chaotic kind of COVID world. And I should just back up one step and say, I know 2020 has been a tough, chaotic, crazy year for every single person. Uh, didn't matter what kind of situation you were in before it started. It, it's caused a lot of stress points on everybody. So I'm not trying to call out me as uh, being especially stressed or anything, but there was that little extra wrinkle of, of being separated from my wife and daughter. And uh, just, uh, again, just sort of found this uh, a great respite, some solace, a little bit of a, of a, a wonderful sort of uh, time for myself just to be alone. I also loved how Grand Rapids felt in the early morning. It was so quiet. It was so peaceful, even downtown, busy areas. Uh, and it was partially that quiet because of COVID and not many people working and moving around the city that early in the morning. But it was just the time of day. It was just very quiet. And uh, same thing at sunset. You know, I'd go out and there weren't tons of people out around in May and June and July. And so, uh, but something kind of magical was happening during these flights. I was seeing the city differently than I ever had before, um, really exploring places with the drone that I had never gone before. Um, 
And many times, you know, in the past I'd fly a drone, but it was for a specific project. I had a spe- uh, very specific images I was hoping to get or video uh, sequences I was trying to shoot. And so you're sort of always flying only for the purpose of that video and capturing content or, or video clips or photography through the prism of what that flight was for. And because I was flying for no reason other than my own enjoyment, I started to really assess architecture and light and shadow and pattern and really started to look at Grand Rapids a lot differently through these series of flights. And I'm talking I flew hundreds of flights over this summer. I would fly four or five times every morning until I didn't have any more batteries in my drone. Uh, Same thing at night. And uh, so I got a lot of flight time in all areas around Grand Rapids, not just downtown, but on the northeast side, the southeast side, the west side, and um, really, really loved it. But something magical with the light and me just seeing light and pattern differently and really just flying with no reason. I didn't really have a reason to fly. It wasn't a project. I wasn't thinking about doing a coffee table book. And uh, it really just started to emerge uh, kind of the art, again, of when I started as a photographer, just really looking at shape, form, patterns, buildings. And the other sort of weird thing about this book, if it is weird, or at least my process in making images for the book is probably a better way to say it, is, you know, the last 15 years or so, I've been largely a a portraitist. You know, I shoot people, not, not so much aerial photography, although I, I do a fair amount of aerial photography uh, in my architectural work, uh, and also just for, for video projects. Um, and, uh, you know, it really became um, this new way of seeing things and seeing, um, seeing the city differently. And then I thought, I began to think about how do I create a different kind of portrait of a city, you know? How, how can you make a portrait of a city if there's no people that you're photographing? And that sort of sort of uh, snapped my thinking in a little different way. And then I thought, can I make portraits of buildings or a series of buildings? How can I make and create depth to the images uh, with my drone and... Um, Many times I would see a building, I would shoot it, it'd be a fine photograph, but I got thinking, you know what, if I come back a different time of the day, or if I had a uh, come back at night versus shooting it in the morning, the shadows would be on the different side of the building, or it would fall a different way, and it might give the image more depth. So I would refly that flight or reshoot that building, sometimes over and over again. And... Um, and it really became this wonderful exercise of thinking about portraiture from the air with an inanimate objects. And I know that sounds a little weird, but um, but I started to think about how, how can this book uh, convey a different type of portrait of Grand Rapids? And uh, not just some clinical survey of buildings and an inventory of buildings, but is there something more to express here with my drone and how I was feeling? And what I could do with my experience of 20 plus years as a photographer using light, shadow, form, color, um, all my knowledge about photography and exposure and even toning images afterwards uh, to create something special. And 
I hope that's what's emerged. And I, I'm excited to share with you that I have a coffee table book. And it's a substantially sized coffee table book. But it's called Ariel, Grand Rapids from Above. And this is my summer project that I shot. And uh, again, I had no intentions of any project at all or doing a coffee table book when I started. That was a farthest thing from my mind. Trust me, I was just trying to get through kind of a stressful, weird time in our family's uh, life over six, six weeks. And then when they got home, I kept flying, kept flying, kept getting up and just really enjoyed it and got addicted to flying uh, just for the fun of it. And then I think maybe in July, I thought I'm going to do early July. I said, I, I got to do a coffee table book. And I, I was trying to think if there even was a coffee table book of Grand Rapids in the last 10 or 15 years, like a really good photo book of the city that you might see at a friend's house on their coffee table, or you go to your dentist or doctor's office, or you go to a law firm and you see books out. And I just couldn't think of any recent book of Grand Rapids. And I thought, oh man, this might be a nice little pivot for my business. My, my normal photography and video production is way, way down. And um, maybe I have a moment here to capture not just this moment in time, but also uh, reinvent a little bit of my entrepreneurship and, and focusing a little bit different strain uh, of my business. And could I publish a, a coffee table book and, and could it be successful? So then in July, I really started to really, you know, fill in gaps, uh, get an organization around the, in my own mind about how I wanted the book to look and feel and the scale of it. And um, not to beat a dead horse, but this, this uh, the coffee table book is going to be beautiful. And I'll tell you about how you can order it here in a minute. But um, the... Um, it's going to be beautiful. I've worked so hard. All I can tell you guys is that I don't think I've worked because I've had so much time and, and how this passion inside of me has grown for this project, just flight after flight. I don't think I've worked as hard on anything, um, you know, certainly in the last uh, 10 years, I don't think. Certainly not of my own projects. I work very hard for my clients and put everything into every project, but... This is a different sort of labor of love. It's kind of a poem to Grand Rapids, a visual poem. It's kind of a love letter of sense, a visual love letter, even if that sounds crazy. But the city has always provided for me and always been a wonderful place uh, for our family. It's given us so much. Uh, and it's my way of, okay, how can I make the city look fantastic? So um, eventually I got to a little bit of design layout, and I wanted the book to be substantial because these are aerial images from a drone. You know, you, there's a lot of details way down on the ground or in a window or just there's a lot of, you know, it's the kind of book where you just don't flip through really quick and you're like, yeah, I got it. I got I got everything in there. I see, I see what you're doing. There's a lot of little surprises and aha moments in these images if you really look around them. So that required a book of some scale. So the book is 13 inches by 11 inches in a portrait, or I'm sorry, landscape mode. So when you open this up, this 13 image, uh, 13 inches, uh, these double page spreads of images sometimes are, the image itself is 26 inches across, and that's quite a large uh, 
piece of paper to be looking and exploring a particular image. So I just had a blast then starting to continue to shoot for the book, think about how I wanted the images to flow and uh, what images should be big in the book, what images just required um, you know, a little smaller placement. And then I got exploring the other thing, as long as you're into this photography nerdy stuff, if you're still with me, you're already probably a photography nerd, and that's cool, because I am a photography nerd for sure. But I started to play with these diptychs, where I would see these relationships between images that had no connection to each other. They weren't the same piece of dirt or the same building, but uh, there was something about these two images. They might have been disconnected by miles across the city, but there was some relationship that really became an, uh, apparent between those two, and I started to relate them as diptychs. So some of the pages you turn, there's one image on the left, and there's one image on the right, and there's a story to tell between those two images. It could be shape, form, again, a color palette, um, some texture, a grid pattern, or some other relationship I found in the photos. And there are abstractions. I found all these wonderful, beautiful abstractions from up in the sky that I'd never really seen or contemplated before. Or at least maybe I'd seen some of them, but I didn't have a reason to go shoot it. I was working on another project in the air for maybe a very specific project. So just never shot those images. And... Um, and I shot lots of them, and then I had a blast sort of pairing them up and finding new relationships between something I shot maybe at Frederick Meyer Gardens and then finding another image that was uh, over a park downtown. And there was a lot of similarities in, in uh, those two images, even though they're, they're probably six, eight miles apart as the crow flies, or as the drone flies, as they say. So uh, it's just been fun. Again, the book is called Ariel, Grand Rapids from Above. And right now, the only way that you can order this book is to pre-order it. The only way I can assure that you can get a copy of this book, if you're interested in buying this book, is through my Kickstarter, which closes very soon on September 3. So there's a limited window here to to get your order in um, because of uh, money's a little tight right now. I didn't, I'm not in a position to guess how many books I might sell, and, and that gets me into why Kickstarter was a really good... Some people have asked me, like, why are you doing this on Kickstarter? And uh, the reason is, is that it's a great platform to, um, to pre-sell or pre-order books. And that way, once the Kickstarter closes, you have some idea of how many you need to print. So if I were to tell you that somebody came out with a book that's uh, a book of the first coffee table book of Grand Rapids in maybe 15 years, and then on top of it, it's the very first book of its kind of Grand Rapids that's dedicated exclusively to Grand Rapids from an aerial perspective, you know, how many would you print? You know, are you going to be optimistic? and print a bunch and then have a pallets of them in your garage and in my studio and books weigh a lot, you know, <laughs> and they're very expensive to put together and at least at the level and the quality that I want this book to have. And so um, I didn't want to guess and I didn't want to over guess. That would be terrible to have a bunch of my precious funds sitting in the, in, in cont- on pallets in boxes in these books that I'm hoping to sell. So Kickstarter became a solution to promote the book, 
give you some idea of what it looks like. If you go to kickstarter.com, just search Grand Rapids or search Brian Kelly or Brian Kelly Photo. I'm sure it'll be in the top two or three results. It would have to be. And it's in the coffee table book section of the of the Kickstarter. There's a lot of coffee table books that get funded through Kickstarter. So that's why. And I set a very modest amount. You know, Kickstarter, if you're familiar with that platform, you have to set a goal, a pledge goal, like a, a minimum goal for you to raise. And um, to me, that was arbitrary. I didn't care what that number is. It could be really high or really low. The point is, um, if you don't meet that goal via Kickstarter, if you set a goal of $50,000, um, and you get $48,000 raised, but you don't meet the goal of 50000 you don't get any money. You get zero, zilch, zippo. So my approach was, again, to just use this not as a means to raise a bunch of money. It isn't a fundraising campaign, but I set a low goal at $6,000. I thought, I think I can get a few, you know, maybe 50 people to pre-order the book. Uh, and um, or a hundred people or whatever it is to uh, buy a book that would meet my initial pledge goal, but really I just want to sell as you would as many copies of this book as you can pre-order it via Kickstarter, and that way I know hey maybe I might need two hundred copies of the book printed or I might need three hundred or four hundred maybe five hundred or maybe a thousand we'll just see how it goes. So it was a very safe, from a business standpoint, it was the safest way I could assure a, a business plan. It was the safest business plan to go through Kickstarter because um, once I knew kind of what the book would cost at certain units, maybe 250 copies would cost me this much per unit and, and then 500 copies would cost this much and then up and up it went. So really the Kickstarter is just the, right now because I'm still... Uh, the Kickstarter is the only way I can assure you that you're going to get a copy of this book because I'm not, for the same reasons I just brought up, I'm not going to print an extra 500 copies of this book and have them sitting around. I'm going to do a very, very modest overrun of books. So whatever we sell through the Kickstarter, I'm going to add a conservative quantity just to have some on hand. And... Um, that's the whole, that, that was the whole thing. So I really, if you are interested in this book, and I can just assure you that I've poured my entire heart and soul and summer into, into creating this book and to make it as beautiful as I possibly can. I'm packing every ounce of my experience as a photographer into trying to make this the best book I possibly can. And I know you're going to like it. If you, if you don't live in Grand Rapids, you're still going to find images that are incredible. If you've never been to Grand Rapids, I think you would still enjoy this book. Uh, if you have a friend or family member that moved out of town um, you know, five years ago, send it to them. You know? And on the Kickstarter, I'm not going to go through all their reward levels, but right now is the best time to buy it. Also, one incentive to buy during the Kickstarter and not hope I have some copies available later is to uh, order it now. It normally retails at $69. If you buy one copy of the book, it drops 10 bucks to 59 Not too shabby. If you buy two copies, there's a, a backer level that's a two-pack of the book. It's only $49 per book. So you would save $20 per book in that, in that two-pack. There's a six-pack as well where you can save $20 a book. Um, 
So the incentive is to buy now. It's not going to be sold at a discount later. I'm only going to have a few copies left after I fulfill all the Kickstarter awards. And so those, if whatever I have left, are going to just sell at $69. And um, so I hope you get in on it. And then the other really important thing I wanted to highlight is this book isn't just a profit for myself. And even though when you go to the Kickstarter, you'll see that our pledge goal was $6,000 and we're almost 300% funded as I record this. There's almost $18,000 of book sales that we've had. That isn't just a bunch of extra money I get to put in my pocket. I have to produce more books, you know, and that was the goal. We want to sell more books and that drives the dollar amount. But the, the initial amount that of $6,000 was an incredibly arbitrary number. It was just a goal I thought we could meet, and uh, I didn't want to put 15000 or 20000 and then not meet the goal, and then nobody gets a book, and then I wasted my summer. So uh, at least in terms of uh, creating a, a cool coffee table book of the city. So I'm yammering on here, but one really great thing I have to highlight for you is that the book, again, is not just a, a purely a profit um, vehicle for myself, although I will make some profit from this book for sure. Um, I wanted to share that. My wife and I, Kathy and I, decided early on before we even launched the Kickstarter that we wanted to use uh, a portion of every single sale, every single book. There's a portion that we're giving to two important organizations in Grand Rapids. One of them I already mentioned, which is uh, Mary Free Bed Real Rehabilitation Hospital. And that's where Faith and my wife Kathy spent so much time this year, and I, I spent a lot of time there as well. And Faith has spent a lot of time there over her life. She's required multiple surgeries over her 15 years due to her cerebral palsy and corrective things that we wanted to do to help her improve her mobility. And so what I'm really excited about is this just isn't money that goes into some general fund at um, Mary Freebed Rehabilitation Hospital. They've been such great partners, and they've said, Brian, we would like this money, that whatever amount of money you raise through the sale of this book, to benefit the pediatric program and face in pediatrics, she's only 15. So it'll benefit not just kids at Mary Freebed Rehabilitation Hospital, but specifically the cerebral palsy program there. There's a lot of kids in Michigan that come to Mary Freebed that have varying severities of cerebral palsy. And uh, these dollars will be funded directly to advance uh, their equipment and advance um, care technology, therapy technologies that uh, will improve uh, the lives of any child that goes through Mary Freebed that has cerebral palsy. So th there's a very specific place when you buy this book. Know that a, a good chunk of the book price goes to Mary Freebed. And think of these kids with cerebral palsy that are getting physical therapy here and occupational therapy in the pediatric unit at Mary Freebed. It just warms my heart, and it's just such a great collaboration that my wife and I are so proud to be affiliated with them. And then that brings me to the second org organization in town that, frankly, I didn't know much about until uh, late last year. And that organization, and again, these funds from the, the book, um, a portion of every single book sold will go evenly to Mary Freebed and also Disability Advocates of Kent County. And what 
they're an organization that uh, champions and and um, advocates for anyone with a disability. Could be visual, could be hearing, could be physical, could be in a wheelchair. Again, I mentioned vision impairment, hearing impairment, a lot of different types of impairment. And um, I did a video project for them late last year. I started shooting it, and it, we completed it kind of just before COVID wrapped, uh, ramped up, and I think it was done in January or February. And the, um, the emphasis for that project was... Um, was uh, their design charrettes around something called inclusive design, and it, and it involved architecture. And one of the big things that disability advocates at Kent County um, strive to change and bring awareness to is the idea of inclusive design. And that just means if you're building a building, um, you know, are we putting a bunch of steps in it? So uh, we also have to like accommodate people with disability and put a ramp up, you know, side ramps into side doors. And trust me, when you live and with any type of disability or a person with disability, um, the, um, you know, you really become how the disability, how the world is just set up for able-bodied people. And it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. Um, if you design access to buildings inclusively and universally, universal inclusive design, you, if you design a, a building that anyone in a wheelchair or on crutches or just an older person who's slower and can't get up steps and might trip on small little you know, elevation changes in, in steps or whatever it might be, you've actually solved every design problem for every single human being on the planet. So if you design for the least able, you haven't excluded anybody. And another important point on this video, or on this video project I was doing that really struck me through Disability Advocates of Kent County was just that uh, we're all going to experience disability in our lives. It's inevitable. I don't care how able-bodied you are, how athletic you are, how healthy you think you are, you will become disabled in your life at some point. It might be temporarily you might need a knee replacement you might need um, you might dislocate your shoulder <laughs> and now it's harder to get groceries and open a door and hold things and get around barriers and you might just become old and uh, less mobile so they became an organization that I was like I had a few aha moments just thinking about oh my gosh if we can improve, uh, at least keep in our minds more inclusivity in architectural design throughout the city, and this includes outdoor areas, curb cuts, um, crosswalks, it's amazing. when If you actually walk around the city with somebody in a wheelchair, which we did during this video project, and also like visually impaired people, somebody with a, a, a sight stick, you know, like a, a visually impaired blind person that uses a, a, some type of visual stick, to help feel curb cuts and where they are. It is amazing that anyone can get around anywhere. Uh, and, and it just really brought to the forefront how, how privileged I am to just take my physical health for granted and my vision and my hearing. And so through that process, a lot of aha moments, and it, and it spurred this other partnership, which I'm so proud that the book will also help fund um, encouraging and more inclusive design 
and advocating for more inclusive design throughout Kent County and specifically Grand Rapids. Because if you create more mobility for everybody, more ease of movement, more fluidity through town, make downtown even more accessible to everyone. It's a good economic system. You get more people flowing through downtown more easily. But it also creates a lot of equity and it preserves an awful lot of dignity to people who work downtown, live downtown with disabilities or might be visiting from out of town uh, as they move about our city. So it's an important organization. They do amazing things. That's just I'm just highlighting one of many, many things they do, but this is where some of the dollars from the book sales go is to this uh, universal design sort of advocation that they're they're doing. So again, very specific places money is going from the book, and my wife and I wanted to give back to the community. These are photographs that are of Grand Rapids. They're of our community. I've sort of taken these photos uh, and I'm put them in a book that is being sold. So I thought it would be kind of disingenuous if we didn't try to share some of this project with some organizations that improve so many people's lives in our community. So that's it. I guess I I don't know uh, what else to say about it other than if you go to kickstarter.com, it closes on Thursday, September 3. So it's very important if you go there now, go to kickstarter.com, search for Brian Kelly, Search for Grand Rapids. Any of those keywords will get you right to the book. It's And again, the project is called Ariel, Grand Rapids, Night After Night. And it's uh, I'm just excited about the book. And I, I don't try to sell you guys anything. But I'm working on this book, and I'm hoping that you enjoy it as much as I do. I can just tell you that it's going to be a book that I, uh, if I have any strength left in my body. It's going to be one of the most beautiful books. I collect coffee table books, photography books. I have stacks of them. I have hundreds of coffee table books. So there's a high bar out there, and I want to meet it or exceed it for myself and this project and for our city of Grand Rapids. We've had a tough year. You know, it's been, uh, our community's gone through a lot. There's been social unrest. Uh, there's a lot of things in our community, a lot of problems that need to be addressed. And uh, this is kind of a breath of fresh air. It's, there's nothing political about it. Um, you know, there's nothing, no controversy in the book. Uh, but we can think more about how things always look sort of perfect from the air, aerial-wise. Uh, I've picked the best, most beautiful sun's color of the day, the best sunrises, the best sunsets. It, the city looks incredible. Uh, in, in almost every image, you know, it's just exploding with this beautiful color and perspectives you may not have ever seen um, of our city. But uh, just remember, and I'm, I was reminded all the time uh, when I was making and shooting this book, that on the ground, you know, things aren't so great for a lot of people. I noticed a huge uptick uh, in homelessness downtown. I, I would fly downtown and and you'd see encampments of people, and <clears throat> and many times they would come up and chat with me. They were very curious about the drone, and I loved to chat with them. And and there's a lot of people on very tough times uh, all around downtown, and they're living on our streets and in our parks. And uh, just think, even though the drone images um, portray a Grand Rapids that's beautiful and kind of pristine, um, you know, there's a lot happening on the ground that, that could be better and some things that we need to improve as a, as a community. So that's sort of an underlying theme. 
Uh, not a huge subject. You're not going to go, oh my gosh, this is such a social justice book. It's not that. But uh, it's some things I continue to think about as a Grand Rapidian and someone who is hopeful that we can do better as a community for everybody. So uh, let me see. Let me check my notes, see if I got through all this. Uh, it's kind of a long one. I don't do solo podcasts, you know, as you know. Uh, that's what I'm excited about, too, is we're going to be ramping up the, the this fall. is going to be very busy with the podcast, back to our normal format where I take a portrait of somebody and then we sit down and and then uh, have a conversation. So thanks for bearing with me on this, uh, me yammering about the book. I hope you'll go to kickstarter.com. I hope you pick up this book. If you can muster out, uh, and, and I understand not everybody's in a position to be able to spend 59 or $49 per book, but um, if you can, it's the perfect Christmas gift. It really is. We're working very hard to close the Kickstarter early enough so we can assure that when we go to press, that uh, we're doing everything we can to deliver these uh, in plenty of time for the holidays. Another side note, sorry I'm in sales mode. I'm signing every single book, and I will dedicate it, every single book, to whoever you want. And via the Kickstarter, there's a way to reach back out and send you a personal survey, like who do you want the book signed to, and if you want it for Aunt Mary or uh, Greg, your uh, college roommate, you know, uh, I'll write, hi, Greg, you know, and I'll say something nice and uh, funny in there or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be funny. But anyway, I'm going to personalize every single book if you want me to. Or if you just want me to sign the book, don't say anything. Great, no problem. You just say, no, you know, just signature only. So it's a very efficient system. I've used Kickstarter in the past. It's one of the, another reason that I like them a lot. It's very easy to track orders and make sure that we fulfill everything in the, at the pledge level that you've purchased. So, hey, thank you very much. I want to thank Metro Health for all their help uh, You know, over the last year. We'll have some exciting news about our relationship with them uh, coming up very, very soon as well. So this is uh, an exciting time for the podcast to get booted back up, get going again. And I just hope you'll go out to my Kickstarter and uh, pick up a copy of Grand Rapids. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got the title wrong. My own book. That's why, this is why it's time to get off this podcast. It's called Ariel, Grand Rapids from Above. Go get it on Kickstarter. Let's have a great week, everybody. Go get it. Talk to you soon. This Full Exposure Podcast episode has been made possible through the support of Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn, who believe that creativity and the arts are essential to a rich, healthy, and fulfilling life.